welcome to the Life Church, our online campus. Uh, so glad you're able to, to be here, uh, part of what's happening today. If you're able to be a part here this weekend, here in Texas, as uh, for those of you Texans may be aware, and those of you that are viewing this from outside our wonderful state, uh, probably you might be aware of what we've been facing uh, with our storms and winter weather and uh, electricity or lack thereof, <laughs> water. Um, I feel like I've been wearing a beanie so many days in my house without electricity that I might as well just keep wearing a beanie now and just continue to stay warm. And uh, some of us are getting water back as some of us uh, have gotten it back and still in that process and working through that. So thankfully you can't smell me as I'm on video and uh, we're safe there because yeah, this week, uh, me and many of the staff and the church, we have been without electricity and without water even here uh, in San Angelo. And so it's been a rough time. And, and so just really want to step away from the uh, series that we had begun and bring a message really just for this week, uh, an encouragement. And as we've been facing so many struggles and so many hardships and things to overcome and, and, and working through um, what everything looks like for us. And so that's that's been a big challenge. But before we get going, I do want to also encourage you, if you've been blessed by this ministry and you like this video, something communicates to you, if you would give us a thumbs up and like this video and subscribe and, and turn on that notification bell so you can be notified of when the messages drop or extra messages as we move forward and, uh, and be able to be notified of those kinds of things. So, but again, so glad you're here. You know, as we've been struggling and, and losing power and the different issues, like I just really have struggled, including myself, that sometimes it's hard to be focused on the true light, Jesus, when our lights are just not on. In the midst of losing power and, and, and losing the ability to, to function what we have become accustomed to as normal, um, that's, that's been a real challenge. And so I wanted to look at a particular story and, and let's focus on the true light in, in this, in the Bible and the word of God and in, in this story that I'm going to share. And, and I was thinking about the time that I went to Canada and I was on the, the shores over there and we were, went out to this peninsula that was out into the ocean. And there was this amazing lighthouse that was out there on the edge of the rocks and it's so beautiful. I love lighthouses. They're, they're so amazing. And, the, and even the, just the technology and the idea that goes behind a lighthouse. And lighthouses, they are so beautiful. The thing is, we notice their beauty during the daylight. But the thing is, their true purpose, their true function of what they're created to do actually comes about in the midst of a storm. And it's not always encouraging to think that how much is that true for us sometimes, that the true purpose of our lives as Christians isn't always going to be seen when it's pretty outside. We may look good. We may sound good. We may do some of even the right things, but the true purpose of the nature of being a Christ follower is going to be seen and realized in the midst of storms. That's kind of a story that I want to focus on today in, in Mark, the gospel of Mark in chapter four, we find Jesus in the midst of a storm, the true light, the light of the world in the midst of a storm. And I, I love this story. And we'll start with this in verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out. 
leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. I like this idea that Jesus says, let's go to the other side. All right, Jesus, how much did you know? How much did you know before you got it? Did you know a storm was going to come? I mean, even the disciples, many are fishermen, are probably aware of this particular body of water with the mountains. The way this was, that there might have been a common uh, known, a storm that was going to brew. They were going to face something. and Maybe they didn't know how bad it would be or what that might look like. But, but come on, Jesus, the, the son of the living God in the flesh right here. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, how much did you know was actually going to take place? I was reminded of a story that I learned recently about buffaloes. <laughs> I never get over this, and I love this idea, this concept. You see, buffaloes are known that when the storms come, they can sense that the storm is coming over the range, over the hilltops. And the buffalo, instead of running away from the storm, the buffalo as a herd will run towards the storm. See, I don't know about you, I think I feel more like a cow sometimes. Cows, you see the cows, they're not as good as the buffalo and the cows will try to run away from the storm. But you see what happens is as the cow is running away from the storm, the cow ends up spending more time in the storm. I don't know about you, but too many times in my life, I think I've been more like the cow. Let's try to avoid it. Let's, let's put off the pain and the struggle and the anxiety of, of everything that's related to the storm. And let's just try to avoid it. Let's try to outrun it and I'll end up spending more time in it. As opposed to the buffalo that says, no, no, no. Because if I run towards the storm in the opposite direction that the storm is moving, then I'm going to... Uh, minimize my pain. It's going to be a bigger struggle. I'm going to have to get to it quicker and be prepared for it, but I'm going to minimize the pain. I'm going to minimize the struggle and it's going to be over quick. I'm going to minimize my time. I feel like Jesus is like the buffalo here. Jesus is like, yeah, you see, there's going to be storms in life. Storms are going to come. That's just the way it is. And we can talk about storms and what we've been facing in this winter storm that we've been facing in Texas that is nearly just unprecedented, uh, unprecedented, but definitely for many of us, it really is um, that we've never really experienced something quite like this. I mean, at least when I lived in Ohio for six years in the, the snow, like we had snow plows up there, right? We were, we were prepared and, and yeah, I had to walk to the school bus in the snow and different things, but there's a different expectancy of our lives in those, those kinds of conditions. The storms, they come in unexpected in the way they have. Sometimes it's not even this storm. It's, it's, it's the breaking down of things in our life, and it's the bill that we didn't expect and the doctor's report that we didn't expect. It's, it's those different things that just it's a matter of the storm is just what we didn't count on encountering in our lives that we just weren't ready for. Jesus says, I'm not here to take you around the storm. I'm not here to help you avoid the storm. He says, we're going to go into the storm because my purpose is going to be recognized greatest as my light shines like a lighthouse in the midst of what you're going through, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of whatever that is in your life. That's where we're going to see Jesus the most when we'll choose to turn to him. You know, we look back at the story and the disciples, they didn't choose to turn to him immediately. 
we see in, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is even sleeping in this story. I wonder for how long it took before the disciples turned to Jesus. How many arguments did they have? How many times did they blame? Did they accuse? Did they say this was the wrong choice? This was the wrong decision? And we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have done this. I'm really glad for my sake and maybe for you that we don't see that. The Bible, the word of God here, it doesn't show us what was really happening here. The kind of behind the scenes, the extra clips that were edited out maybe, or maybe they didn't happen. And I'm really glad because I don't know about you, but in my human nature, it'd be very easy to blame. In the midst of whether we're talking about the pandemic of the last year with COVID-19 or the storms of recent or the other challenges that we have faced, that it can be really easy to look to blame, to just say, you know what, you made a bad choice here, or we wouldn't be in this situation if you had done this better, or, or, or look for whose fault is this that we're in the midst of this storm, and, and that we're facing the fact that we don't have water, and we're facing the fact that we don't have electricity, like, like who's to blame in this situation? I can maybe sometimes, even if it's short-lived, feel a little bit better about my life if I can find who to blame or argue with somebody about whose fault it is and it not be my fault. But I was really, was really called on this part of, but we don't see that here. We don't see the word of God giving us an example of, of what the disciples might have been doing as humans as well. We're not given that example. I felt challenged in the midst of this. And the way I've been in the midst of the storm, I was challenged of, yeah, let's, let's not do that. What does the Bible show us and, and what the disciples are doing? Because we don't see those behaviors taking place. And so back in the story, Mark chapter four, it says Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. <laughs> um, Bible, you are funny in the midst of a storm and Jesus head on a cushion. Not saying that didn't really happen, but oh my goodness, who is this Jesus that in the midst of this space, his head would be on a cushion. It says, the disciples woke him shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples on the boat, and we see them turn to Jesus with their words of reality, of really their pain, of, don't you care, Jesus, that we're going to drown? I was really wrestling with this phrasing that we have recorded here by Mark. You see, I think there was something deeper that they were experiencing here. You see, Focusing on the drowning, the situation, like that's real. But I think there, if we really get down to the root of what the disciples were looking at here, in my opinion, I think the disciples are saying, don't you love us? You see, I think fear had overtaken what they were experiencing in this moment. Fear of the situation, the storm, the anxiety, the worry. And in the midst of that fear, there's a loss of love. And in the midst of saying, don't you care, is saying, don't you love us? 
can only imagine how painful these words might have even been for Jesus. <laughs> the son of the living God who's, who's sacrificing himself even before the cross through life. And he's, Jesus is like, wait a second. You're questioning my love for you. And I think even Jesus, he used, why are you still afraid? Don't you know that you are in the presence of perfect love in the flesh and my perfect love casts out all fear? If you can focus on the storms, you're going to focus on fear and not me. But if you'll turn to me as the perfect true love, I will cast out that very thing that you're experiencing. What is it you're going to focus on? This is challenging. I don't know about you, but often in the midst of our storms and our struggles and what we've been facing is, do you recognize maybe a lack of feeling loved? Not just loved by people, surroundings, communities, but even in the midst of what we're facing as we're experiencing fear, there's a lack of love. There's, there's, there's this seesaw effect that I can often experience that the greater my struggles and pain and anxieties, then the less love that I'm experiencing or at least being aware of. Not that his love has ever changed. Can't separate it. We cannot be separated from his love. But what I experience and believe to be true in those moments, in the midst of those storms. I was privy to a conversation of someone that was struggling and, and, and taking on, in the midst of losing power, taking on shame. They had personalized what they were experiencing with their kids as their own failure. That, that, that the failure they were experiencing was a reflection of them. And I was like, no, no, don't, don't let the shame of the situation of, of electricity or water that you had no way of preventing or, or changing be a reflection of who you are. You are, are still an amazing person and, and this may be hard and this may be a struggle and, and your little children may not fully understand what's happening and why they're not able to do some of those things that they would normally do and why things are more challenging. But the failure of the situation is not a reflection of who you are. It's just our storm. It's just what we're in the midst of. And how important is it that we remember who we are in the midst of these storms? That, that, that the loss is not a reflection of us, that Jesus still loves us, that Jesus still loves you. Even when failures happen in our lives that are our fault. Sometimes the storms that we have created ourselves through our words and actions, we have created the waves that are crashing over into the boat that is, that is taking on water. But even in the midst of those storms, those financial decisions, relationship choices, and, and those other storms of life, that his love is still the same. Before, during, and after. He's already shown us how much he loves us. And the storms whether circumstances or created, that doesn't change who he is and the love that he has for each and every one of you. Don't take on that shame that's not yours to carry. He says, don't be afraid. I loved this concept 
of this balance between the disciples and the Jesus here. And what we see is we care, he rests, as Maxwell puts it. We care, he rests. You see, we see in this situation that the disciples were trying to control the situation themselves. And that as long as they were in control, what can I do to, to, to stop the water? It's like Jonah, and they're going to throw stuff over until Jonah's like, just throw me over. It's like, what are we going to do in this situation uh, to, to, to stop the boat from flooding and taking on water? And, and as long as they were in control, Jesus was resting. But then we see the disciples turn to Jesus. And we see a shift that takes place. And I like how Maxwell puts it, he cares, we rest. When we allow him to care for the situation, then it allows us to rest in the situation. But if we choose to take all the care of the situation into our own hands and ability and control, Jesus is then resting on a pillow saying, if you want control, then I allow you to have control. But if you will release control, if you will rely on me, and diminish worry and fear and anxiety and hold on to love that I am, then I can care for your situation. And it's this, this effect again that we see once again in this story. And we see the disciples turn to him. And what do they experience? In the midst of greater love, they experience greater peace. Jesus speaks to the storm and calms the storm. I'll finish with this scripture as an encouragement, maybe a challenge as well. My intent is as an encouragement. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Yes, I agree. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I like that. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. That doesn't diminish responsibility. It didn't diminish getting drinking water from the store to, to be able to survive without water and trying to figure out water to flush toilets and, and, and survive situations and light fires. And, and I got to say, at least I, I kind of enjoyed the one night with my wife sleeping in front of the fire and putting, putting a mattress there in front and, 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 and sleeping in that space, the one source of warmth that I had and, and focusing. But it doesn't diminish our responsibility. But if we can move into the place of focusing on Jesus and who he is in the midst of our situation, that he is the lighthouse serving a greater purpose in the midst of the storms of life that we are facing, calling us to also be like him, to, to rise up. And as, as so many of you, you've been, you've been taking on families, you've been helping other people, you've been delivering food, you've been doing things, even just sending a text message to say, hey, how are you doing in the darkness? Let me be a light to your situation. And so many of you have been doing such amazing things and so many of you, you're still struggling. You're still waiting 
for that power. You're still waiting for that water. You're still waiting for that relationship. You're still waiting for those finances. You're still waiting for that healing. You're still waiting in the midst of the storm that you're facing. I want to encourage you like the disciples in the midst of Mark chapter four to, 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 Don't let go of responsibility, but let go of the worry. Let go of the anxiety. Let go of the stress and the control. And instead, turn to Jesus who is waiting there to be with you, to be for you in the midst of your situation to say, peace, be still. Imagine his words were not just heard by the waves, were not just heard by the wind, were not just heard by the clouds, the rain, but the disciples. Peace. Be still. That's my encouragement to you in the midst as you process through the storm is that you also hear the words of Jesus. Peace. Be still. I pray for you. Pray for us in the midst as we close here. And we just turn to him. I found myself praying over for dinner one night and we still had the daylight. Um coming through the windows and making sure things were happening before, you know, winter, early sunsets. I think I went to bed the earliest I'd gone to bed in forever because, well, you have no light and what else are you going to do? You don't have electricity. Might as well go to bed. It's kind of kind of a good thing in that moment. But I found myself, you know what, God, Father, we just thank you for the electricity we had. We thank you for the light that we have now. and We thank you for the returning of the light to come and and what you're going to give us. We can move into those places of being thankful for where we were and still in the midst of struggle, being thankful for what's still being provided, but also being thankful for what is yet to come that we will experience and see again. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that you were the same provider in the time of Jesus as you are now. You're the same provider last year, last decade, that you are today, the same provider that will be tomorrow and next year and next decade, that you are the one who provides, that that we don't just look to you for today's manna, but we are expecting for tomorrow's manna or the day that we just, you provide more than enough on this day to, to last the day that we don't have it. We are thankful for your provision each and every day. And we just continue to look to you We bring our words of frustration, including like what the disciples were here, Father. We bring our struggles. We bring our frustrations. We bring our doubts and and, and everything. And and we bring it to you to lay it at your feet, God, to say that this is, we want to focus on you and not the problems, not the situations, not not the anxieties of waiting on the responses and the answers and and the return of power and, and whatever it is we're facing and we thank you that we are able to be real, to bring our struggles and even in our doubts of feelings, of feeling like we're not loved. Father, speak to us right now in this moment to every person that is hearing these words. May we know that we are loved and that your perfect love casts out all fear. May we know, feel, and experience your perfect love in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for being with us today, family. May you be blessed. Our mission here is connecting people with God's purpose.
in the same way the disciples were experiencing the purpose, the purpose of Jesus, as well as the purpose of their calling in the midst of a storm. May you know your purpose. Be a lighthouse. May your light shine for all to see and give glory to God. Alone in my sorrow, indebted in my sin. Lost without hope, with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began. Watches over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new. chains I'm a prisoner no more my shame was a ransom faithfully poor he canceled my debt and he called me his friend when death was arrested and my life began oh your grace so washes over me you have made me new night. 
gone. 